Hi, it's me. I'm the one that says sell what you love. I'm that problem. I'm the problem, okay? People have been fighting me all the time about this. Like, oh, you shouldn't sell what you love. Yes, you should. Hello, hello. It's Emily, the host of the Booster Boutique podcast and owner of Boutique Training Academy. I'm here to talk about a phenomenon I'm seeing. I actually wanted to start this episode by saying what I'm sick of seeing. Like what I'm sick of seeing in boutique land that's just like really bothering me. There's quite a few things that bother me and have bothered me like forever. I feel like I always have things where I'm like, oh, come on. Like, don't do that. You know, like everyone does that. But this thing keeps happening in my Facebook feed on ads and we have to talk about it. Well, first of all, there's two things. Ads, if you listened to the episode and the video a few weeks ago, I talked about do boutiques need to be using Facebook ads? Like, and, and I go into that. So go back to that episode. It's like episode 706 or something like that called do Facebook ads work for boutiques? I go through in detail there. But here's the thing is I've been seeing boutiques run ads and they're like one of two things. They're either really bad and they're targeting me and they're like, come to our store opening. And they're in like Virginia. I'm not in Virginia. Or they are advertising to me denim, which I hate denim. So just so you know, I'm coming at this from the place of like, I don't like to wear denim. It doesn't feel good on me. Maybe I have like a sensory issue with it. I don't know, okay? I also grew up on the East Coast where denim was kind of like considered really casual. And I don't know, I guess like we're not out in the fields like riding horses and stuff. And I feel like that's denim culture, you know, like denim and diamonds. And I don't know, it just feels very like Western, Midwest to me. So I'm not a huge fan of denim. What I am a fan of though is any kind of stretchy pant. So if you give me a stretchy denim, I'll probably like it. But I just, I don't know. And maybe it's like my postpartumness. I've gained weight like over time. And I just, but but to be honest with you, even when I worked a corporate job, we could have worn denim because I worked in fashion, right? But I never did. I always wore dresses. I prefer dresses. That's always like my go-to is to wear a dress. (laughs) So I feel like that's my first thing. And then other than that, I want to wear something kind of like flowy and like form-fitting in certain places. But I'm also very tall. And so I struggled buying denim for a long time, especially as a kid, because I have like a 34-inch inseam. Now that's pretty typical. Like you can easily access it. But I don't know. Maybe it's like a mindset thing. I need to like reprogram my brain or something. It's like denim works and it fits on you and you don't feel stupid, you know? Okay, enough about my denim issues. (laughs) This is the phenomenon that I'm seeing now. And I know you've seen it. And that's why I'm going to talk about it. It is women in a Facebook ad. It's a boutique owner. She's on the right. And then there's two other boxes. So it's, they're probably uploading a video, like a a 16 by nine video. So it comes up like in the size of your, you know, phone screen and then two photos as a Facebook ad. And in the video, the boutique owner or whoever is literally like pulling the side of their jeans, like pulling the side of it. Okay. 
basically showing like, these are so stretchy. Oh my gosh. They're, you know, they're form fitting, but look at this leg. It's stretching out. I know you've seen it. I know you've done it. Okay. Like, and you should, like, again, I don't want to like make this into like, you shouldn't do this. This is actually a podcast about what you should do and why you should also kind of like avoid maybe selling denim for a little bit or think twice about selling too much denim. Here's the thing. Denim sells, okay? Generally across the board, we see denim selling about 10 to 20% of someone's assortment. It can be less than that. It could be more than that, but I very rarely see it being more than that. And I'm talking percentages. So like if you're, you know, doing $1,000 a month, 2,000 of that might be in denim. Probably closer to like 1,300, 1,400. That's what I see like a lot. Now, what I feel like with denim though, is in the past five years, it's become really saturated in terms of how many boutiques are selling it, talking about it all the time, have bought into it very, very deeply. So they're kind of like forced to talk about it all the time because now they own all this inventory. And the main brand I'm talking about is Judy Blue, which if you haven't heard of Judy Blue, I mean, I feel like consumers have heard of Judy Blue, which is somewhat unheard of in the boutique industry. Like, I don't feel like when I had a boutique, there was many customers that would come to me or comment on things and say, I really want X brand. And it was clearly a boutique brand. And when I say boutique brand, I mean like vendors out of LA or Atlanta or Dallas, like they're not doing huge size runs of stuff, but they're like a mid-sized company, right? Because they're a wholesaler. They're distributing to a lot of places. When I had a boutique, there was maybe one brand. It was called Ya LA and they sold everywhere. They're now called She and Sky. I think they got like bought out. I don't know what happened, but they changed. The quality and the fit is like so similar. I feel like it's a little different though. Um, But I used to sell a ton of it and people would remember actually in my store, they'd be like, oh, I know this size medium will fit me in this brand because they're really consistent. And I, you know, I bought, I don't know, maybe, maybe like 15% of my assortment was Yacht LA, maybe 20, depending on the time. They had great dresses. I always sold dresses. I wore dresses. I sold dresses. Hi. Hi, it's me. I'm the one that says, sell what you love. I'm that problem. I'm the problem. Okay. People have been fighting me all the time about this. Like, oh, you shouldn't sell what you love. Yes, you should. I love dresses. I sold dresses. I could talk about dresses. I find them very versatile pieces. They're a top and their pants all in one, like instant outfit. Anyway, I don't need to sell you on this. What I want to tell you is Judy Blue has been incredibly smart with how they've grown their business. And it's something to take note of on a couple different levels. One, if you are just getting into the boutique world, do you really want to be selling denim? Like I never sold denim, never did, had a six-figure boutique, No one really asked for it, to be honest. I'm on the East Coast. I didn't love denim. And I had a mobile boutique. It's not like I could have a denim wall, right? So something to think about there if you're just entering. If you're looking to expand, again, do you want to do that? What Judy Blue has done over the past couple of years, and again, I am not affiliated with Judy Blue. I don't really know them. I've been to their booth. I've seen their stuff. It's great. It's all great. There's a lot of good denim vendors, I will say. I like Vervet. Flying Monkey has been good. Risen Jeans has like gotten really big too. But I will say, I feel like it's kind of all on the backs of first was Can Can and then came Judy Blue. And somehow Judy Blue seems to have 
exploded in a bigger way than CanCan did. And again, this is no shade to any denim brand, any wholesaler. Like you do you. Kimberly Fairley is like one of the bravest people I know. She's started her own denim brand. Like she's become a wholesale, a wholesaler for denim. Like, oh my God, that's amazing. Okay. So there's plenty of resources in the denim world. What I want to tell you though is Judy Blue, the way they have grown in the past four to five years has been honestly phenomenal. So let's talk about it. What did they do? Well, number one, they realized that people wanted stretchy jeans. (laughs) They realized women want stretch and they shifted a lot of their assortment to that. They also started carrying plus sizes, so extended sizes. I'm pretty sure they did for a long time, but I know then it's become like just that's what they do. They have a full size run. I think they go to 3X. And again, I'm not affiliated. I'm just literally from the outside as a boutique owner, as a boutique consultant who sees hundreds, you know, hundreds of clients selling these brands, I see what's happening across the board. What Judy Blue also did at some point was they partnered with at least one, if not a couple, sort of like big boutiques, like people who had a really strong main character for their brand, like ambassador who does Facebook Lives, and they have a ton of jeans. Like they have a warehouse full of jeans. It's like one of the most iconic ads I've ever seen is like just this boutique owner in her warehouse with just like so much denim. It's it's honestly so iconic. What that has done though is made that store kind of like the resource for Judy Blue Jeans slash like almost a distributor. I actually feel like they should wholesale. They should just be like the East Coast distributor for Judy Blue. But what happened was that when you have that much inventory, you have to advertise it. You have to become an expert in that category. And if you're not an expert in that category, you're not going to move through the units, especially something like denim, where women are already kind of sensitive because we've been burned. High rise, low rise, mom jeans, boyfriend jeans, distress, non-distress. Like, right. So this is the other big piece of selling denim and anything that's size intensive, like a children's boutique. It's Not only is it size intensive, it's gender intensive, unless you go more neutral. But that's always going to be a very inventory-heavy category. Denim, children's, and shoes. Shoes. That's why a lot of boutiques don't carry shoes is because it's very inventory-intensive. You have to buy a lot of sizes, right? Whereas with clothing, it's like small, medium, large, extra large. Hopefully, we can get all those. But by partnering with these big boutiques, Judy Blue has given themselves an opportunity to get to more people because they end up having more reach. So they basically partner with a pretty big influencer and they've done that for a lot of people now. I see most big boutiques and I would call a big boutique someone doing like over 10 million a year. I think that's like a pretty big boutique, you know? And, And I think there's some boutiques that are kind of like almost at the point where they're like, aging out of being a boutique, meaning like they're doing like a hundred million dollars a year. Like if you're doing like a hundred, 200, $300 million a year, like you're not really a boutique anymore. Like maybe, but I don't know. I think a boutique is really truly like 5 million and under. I think that's like where you're curated. It's an assortment. If you're doing more than that, you just have more locations, hopefully. Right. But like your, your footprint is small. Your assortment is curated. And I think there's a lot of boutiques that have kind of exploded and are, are huge. And I like would almost hesitate to call them a boutique. They, they are, that's their roots, but they're just a, like an online retailer at this point, right? I think you kind of graduate. 
I think we're all retailers. Like it's one big umbrella, but I think boutique is its own like subcategory. And then I think, you know, I think some of the big boutiques are almost replacing like department stores in a certain sense, right? Um, a lot of them are carrying children's, men's, shoes, right? All this other stuff. Um, maybe home goods, hopefully not too much assortment, right? But I think there is like a shift across the board. So the stretchy jean ads, that's what we started with. You've seen them, I've seen them. There was a moment too where I saw like three different boutiques advertising pink flare stretchy denim for spring. And I was like, you all are running the exact same ad to the exact same person. Like, hi, I'm getting targeted. This is crazy. So there's some good stuff about that. One is that these people are becoming known for something. This boutique is becoming known for this. That is their thing. They know their customers love it. And that is their thing. What I find though, is that it edges out you maybe having a little bit of a smaller boutique. It edges you out from being in a position where like you can become a denim expert or you can be the denim expert. Could you? Yes, totally. If you have a local store, especially, I think you have tons of opportunity there. But I do think it's an opportunity for you to look to be an expert somewhere else. Again, dresses. I've seen boutiques do this. Dresses. Maybe it is shoes. Maybe you just sell shoes. Maybe it's children's. Maybe it's a certain kind of children's clothes. I mean, like I have seen children's boutiques with stuff I would never dress my child in. And then there's stuff where I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. Become known for something. I think that's what's going to make you stand out. I really feel like, so all of this obviously stemmed from the stretchy jeans ads, which I keep seeing, but learn from this. Think about how Judy Blue, they said, oh my gosh, there's a niche in the market. How can we make better denim, make better quality product, stick at a really nice price where we know our, our boutiques need to be? And then how do we partner with some really big boutiques to like get ourselves out there, get to their customers, give them exclusive styles, maybe give them first look at things. Can you do that with certain customers? Could you do that with certain influencers that you work with or even just yourself? You know, like I said, you could create like a VIP um, email list where it's 10 of your top customers and you just email them first. Hey, we just got new styles in. Here's my top five favorite styles. Boom. Maybe you sell just out the gate, right? That's going to fuel you to be able to then launch to more people. And I think seeing that, knowing that that was the strategy, I hope it was a strategy. That's It looks really coordinated to me. It looks like a coordinated effort to grow your business through partnering with someone bigger than you. And I think over time, that's going to be more and more strategic for more vendors and more brands. Yes, does a vendor want to be in as many boutiques as possible? Yes, but also, is it easier for them to ship to like 11 great boutiques that they know are going to buy their whole line, sell through their whole line, and come back? Yes, right? And this is your strategy too. Be good at one thing. Be good at one product category. Be really good at knowing that your customer, if they're, let's say they're a teacher, You know, your teacher customer, they need to have something versatile that will wash well, that will wear well, that they'll look professional, they'll be comfy, they can sit on the floor, they can, you know, write on the chalkboard. I don't know. I don't know how teachers teach anymore. I'm not in that world. But get the ins and outs and know these people so well that you know, okay, I am absolutely going to sell it to them. This is a no-brainer. And this transfers over to ads. So when you are ready to do ads, because you're known for something, because this is like your thing and your customers 
yes, you know your customer so well. When you go to write that ad copy and do the pictures and do the video and create this, you know, again, pulling the stretchy jean out, but your version of it, maybe it's twirling around in a dress or whatever, that ad writes itself because you already know what's going on. You know your business and you're just getting it to more people by paying for it. Right. Okay. So hopefully you have a lot to chew on from this episode. I wanted to talk about other things that I like, I'm kind of sick of seeing, but I want to save a few things because I feel like this was my biggest thing was just like, and if you are one of those people you're listening, you're running a stretchy jean ad, please don't be insulted. I mean, obviously it's effective because I keep seeing it and, but I don't wear jeans. You're just, I'm the wrong girl. So I think. For you, keep running that ad and be known for that. Like, that's what you're doing, right? This is all I'm trying to say is let's learn from each other. Let's learn what's working and let's see what the trends are in the industry. If something's working for someone else, it could work for you, but you have to do it in your own way. That's why I'm saying, like, don't actually copy the stretchy jean ad. Don't actually become like the, you know, Florida's largest seller of can-can jeans. Like you don't necessarily need to do that to take a stand in a category, be known for something and and have fun doing it and have that like be your thing, you know? So this is where I want you to start thinking about how to define yourself in 2023 and beyond because this is really why people are going down, why why the industry is shifting so much is we're having another shift because there's too many people selling the same stuff. Like there's not enough people entering, deciding to be unique, deciding to have a clear point of view. I am going to continue to talk about point of view, perspective, and having that point of view for a while because it is so important now. We've like, we, you've got to have your point of view. You've got to have your perspective and you've got to stick to it. That's what's going to make you successful right now. So hopefully this has helped you. I'll see you next time. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Bye.